Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. All right, let me look at our theme verse one last time uh, as we wrap up this series. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number one. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that's where we got the, the series title uh, for this series. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run Run, let us run, let's run this race with perseverance, the race marked out for us. And so uh, the scripture gives us the idea that there is a great uh, cloud of witnesses. There are those that have gone before us that are championing us on. And you know, one of the things that I see all throughout scripture is that the men and women that have gone before us, there's a lot they could say when it comes to how we could live our life. And so over the last few weeks, we've just been opening up the word and we've been digging into a character each week. And so we've looked at one character each week and kind of digged into their life and asked the question, what might this Bible character uh, say to us when it comes to running our race and living a life of faith. And so we'll end today on that. But I want to ask you a question. Uh, Anybody have a toddler in the room or maybe, you know, four or five-year-old? Okay. So there's quite a bit of parents. I think all the parents are gone on spring break today. Um, But, you know, I've got a five-year-old. And one of the things that I'm learning about him that uh, I guess I hadn't really thought about that Apparently, it must be in all of us is that one of the things that that I'm I'm trying to teach him as a father is this idea that he can, that he can. See, he's born with this thing in him, and I, I don't know what it is, that wants to tell him he can't. And so the other day we were at the playground and there were these uh I don't know, mushrooms, I guess, like plastic things that look like mushrooms, and they're just like two inches side by side. And uh, he really wanted to climb on them, go from, it's the ones that's got the bar, it's like here's one and then the other and then the other and kind of walk your way across. And he climbed up the stairs and he looked at these little plastic mushrooms and I said, hey, you're gonna go across? And he's like, no, I can't. Like, what do you mean you can't? These things are like two inches apart. He's like, no, I can't, I can't. I mean, he just sat down. He's like, I can't do this. I need your help. I was like, buddy, I promise you don't need my help. I mean, just your legs are longer than the gap between them. All you have to do is step on one. And honestly, you can crawl on your hands and knees to the other, or you could just baby step. You can close your eyes. It's so wide. You're not going to miss it. Just step in front of you. You can but there's something in him that, that wants to say, I can't. And then as a dad, I feel like there's this value that I need to instill in him saying that you can. And what I've learned in life is that thing that starts at a young age, it never really goes away. Now, you guys aren't going to the park now and saying, I can't when it comes to taking a little baby step onto the next mushroom in front of you. But there's things that we're faced with or maybe opportunities that God puts in front of all of us that our first response if we're human, sometimes is, I don't know, I can't. And it can bleed over to so many areas of our lives. And so at a young age, we can build this mindset into ourselves that, that, that we can't. And what happens is it can begin to affect things in our life to the detriment. And so I'm trying to do my best right now as a father to just let him know, hey, you can, because one day he's gonna be faced with something big. 
And I want to make sure I've done all, all that I can to just say, hey, buddy, you can, you can, you can. We don't say I can't. So when he's faced with that moment, it's not the first thing that pops into his head. But, you know, I grew up and I, I didn't really have somebody telling me. My dad was pretty absent and it wasn't, you know, I, I didn't live a life where I had a parent saying, you can and what I've realized about myself over the last, I guess we've been serving God for about 18 years, 19 years. I've been married about 16. And what I've learned in my journey with Christ is God often puts big assignments in front of me that are way bigger <laughs> than, than what I feel like that I can handle. And it's in those moments where there's this still small voice in me that wants to say, you can't. See, I don't know if you know this or not, but God has a plan for all of you. And God is writing a story that is so much bigger than the story that we could even write about our lives where God wants to do great and mighty things through you. But if you're anything like me, maybe you've seen those things and you've heard those things or you felt God whisper to you, hey, here's, here's the next opportunity I have for you or here's a season I want you to step into. And your knee-jerk response is, I, I can't. See, so many people don't recognize, I think, God's plan for their life because of one big reason and it's fear. We've been singing all morning about fear and fear can cripple us. Fear is often the biggest reason why most people don't live out their God assignment here on earth. See, the trademark or God's trademark pattern is to often call people to tasks that are way bigger than themselves. And when that happens and we, we want to say, I can't, we so often miss out on what God wants to do through us. And so I have two questions, really one question I want to ask in two different ways today for you just to think about and just for you to ponder. And the first question is this, what is the most difficult thing that you feel that God is calling you to do right now? Personally or maybe in ministry. What is the most difficult thing? See, maybe it's not true for 100% of you, but I would assume that there are many of you in this room that you felt over the last year that God has is asking something from you or wanting something for you and is leading you somewhere. In fact, one of the number one things I think people did during COVID is start evaluating their life and start asking the question like, why am I here? Is there more? That's why we've had so many people like quit their jobs and not go back to it because they've realized I think there's more to my life. I've kind of gotten in a rut and I settled and I no longer want to settle anymore. And so what is the difficult thing that God is calling you to do? right now. Let me ask it this way. What is, or, or if fears or other barriers didn't exist, what do you sense that God might be calling you to do in this world? That if fear didn't exist or barriers in your life, whether it be money or time or whatever, didn't exist, what do you sense that God might be asking you to do? What whispers from him? Have you maybe ignored? And so today I want to look at the life of an individual that God called to do a pretty big task. And in God calling him to do this task, there was a lot of obstacles that he self-imposed on himself. I want to look at the life of Moses. And when you look at the life of Moses, one of the things that you might see stand out or one of the reasons why we might study Moses 
uh, this morning is this. It's for when, when self-imposed barriers want to hold you back. See, when we look at these big things that God has for us, often we get trapped by this. And notice that I didn't just put barriers. Well, sometimes it is, you know, external barriers, but often I found it's self-imposed barriers. Barriers that we put on ourselves in the moment. And so I want to look at Moses, and we're going to read a lot of scripture today. And so if you have your Bible, I'd love for you to open it up. But before I get into where we're picking it up in Exodus chapter three, let me give you a little bit of the, con- of, of, or a little bit of context of where we find Moses. Those of you that has seen, you know, the Prince of Egypt or anything, maybe you're familiar with the life of Moses, but there's the people of Israel and they've been exiled for the last 400 years outside of their homeland, Mother Israel, and they're, they're in Egypt. And as we look at the life of Moses, we see Moses' life really in three different chunks. The first 40 years of his life, we see him living as a, as a prince in Egypt. You guys have maybe seen the movie. If you've read the story in Exodus chapter 1, Moses' father and mother hid him in a basket and floated him down the Nile in protection for his life. And Pharaoh's daughter later on would see this child and have this child brought in to the Pharaoh's house and taken care of, and he would be raised up in Egyptian home. Well, 40 years into the life of Moses, and I don't have time to go over all that happened in the palace, we see Moses for the first time step into this maybe calling that maybe inside of him he felt like God might have for him at some point, but he really did it in, in, out of order or maybe in the wrong timing. And Moses sees the injustice of the Egyptian people holding the Israel people in slavery. And he sees the injustice that's taking place. And at one moment, there's an Egyptian beating a slave, an Israelite. And Moses decides he's going to step in and a little too early be the savior. And he steps in and he kills this man. And then he ends up having to hide him in the sand and a couple days Later, he's caught, and so Moses goes on the run. And so he flees to uh, kind of east uh, uh, of the riverbank to a land called Midian. It's east of Egypt along the northeastern banks of the Red Sea. And it's in Midian that he would spend the next 40 years, he would, he would there meet his soon-to-be wife, Zipporah, and his father-in-law, Um, would allow him to stay there in exchange for him working as a shepherd. And so he would spend the first 40 years of his life in, in Egypt, in royalty, and then the next 40 years of his life uh, in the middle of nowhere as a shepherd. And it would be when he's 80 years old and his skin is, I can only imagine sun drenched that we pick up his story in Exodus chapter three. In Exodus chapter three, it says that Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Verse number two, there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. And Moses saw uh, that the bush, while it was on fire, it did not burn up. See, it wasn't out of the ordinary for a bush to be on fire, but it was out of the ordinary for a bush to be on fire and not burn up. 
And so Moses thought, I'm gonna go over there and see what this strange sight is. I mean, we probably would do the same thing. And so he goes over there and he's thinking, why? I think there's a little bit more. Why doesn't the bush burn up? Next verse of scripture. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, what we would all say probably if God called us, we would either run in fear or we'd be like, yeah, here am I. He said, here am I. Next verse. Do not come any closer, God said to Moses. Take off your sandals. For the place that you are standing, well, it's, it's holy ground. I mean, this is a unique moment, Moses. This is something that you've never experienced before. This is, this is a holy moment where, where I want to speak to you. Later on, we would see in Exodus, I believe it's chapter 33, where it would talk about how Moses spoke to God face to face as a man would speak to one another. It's in this moment where God wants to talk to Moses, says, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals. This is holy ground. Verse number six, then he says, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Next verse. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. And so at this point, 430 years um, that, that the nation of Israel had been in slavery in Egypt. And God is telling Moses, I've seen, I've seen the misery of my people. I've heard them crying out. I've heard them. I love this because maybe you're in here today and you feel like, you know, God is absent. Just because God is absent doesn't mean, or just because it may feel as if God is absent doesn't mean he's not listening. Doesn't mean he isn't there. Doesn't mean that he isn't working and moving. God may feel absent to us, but let me tell you this, God is never absent. Just because we don't feel it in the moment. And, and God is saying, I, I, I've heard their cry. I've seen how they've been driven in slavery and I'm concerned about their suffering. I love this, that God, God cares about us. And so I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of their land of slavery to a land that is flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pe uh, Perizzites, the Hivites, and Jebusites. Say that 50 times fast. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. And hold, hold that real quick. And so here's this conversation where God has, has showed up, the angel of the Lord has showed up in a moment with Moses and he says, hey, I want you to know, I know this is going on. I know you guys feel like I've been absent. Maybe you feel like I haven't been doing anything. There's been a lot taking place that you'll honestly never know. And I'm ready to step in and be a rescuer. And at that, I'm sure Moses is thinking, yeah, let's go, God. I mean, you're ready to go in and like, you know, kick some tail or something. And at that moment, he's probably thinking, I'm gonna sit back. I can't wait to watch this. Let's get the popcorn. This is gonna be the show of all shows. And then God says something very unique to Moses. He says, so now go. I'm sending you. No, 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 God, you've heard him. You got this. Go on. No, Moses, 
I'm sending you to Pharaoh. I'm sending you to bring, bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. I can only imagine how Moses felt in this moment. I mean, I want you to imagine that you're standing there having a conversation, a burning bush conversation and what you've been waiting for God to do in your life for so long or what you've been waiting for God to do in the life of people around you for so long, God shows up in a moment and says, I'm gonna do this, but I'm gonna use you to be a part of it. And one of the things that I've seen in scripture is all throughout scripture, often when God goes to do something, he uses, he uses you and I. He leverages himself through people to perform it. And so I think that if you live long enough for God, there's probably gonna be moments in all of your life where God gives you an assignment. God gives you a task. God speaks to you to do something. In fact, if I were to go back to the question that I asked earlier, what are the whispers that you've been feeling in your life where God has been calling you to do something? Probably all of you have, have, have ideas or whispers or things in your life that you've felt at one point or another that God has been calling you to do. Maybe it was a moment where God was calling you to start a business or God was calling you to take a step of faith and you know, talk to that person at work or, or whatever. But there's assignments that God has for all of us. There are seasons that God wants for all of us to step into. But if we're not careful, we'll self-sabotage ourselves. We'll, we'll get to the place where we'll self-impose barriers on our life where we think, God, there's no way I can do that. And fear can grip us to the point where we end up doing nothing. We end up stepping out on faith never. We don't live a life of faith because we're so gripped by fear that we just kind of get stuck where we are. Maybe you've been there before. Maybe you've been there where you feel like, you know what, I think God has this for me. I think God's been speaking to me when it comes to this area about stepping out, but I feel so fearful. What if I can't? What if he doesn't, what if it's just the pizza I ate? And we just, we just kind of stay stuck. And so as I look at Moses' life and as I look at what would transpire next, I think Moses' life would speak to us about, about the barriers that we often face when stepping into God's assignments in our lives. And so I wanna show you the barriers that Moses faced that I think many of us face as well when it comes to stepping out into the things that God is calling us to step out into. The first one is this. It's the who am I and who he is, or who he is barrier. And I think if we were gonna sum up this barrier, it would be the identity barrier. The barrier that, that all of us are like, I don't know, I can't. I'm not enough. See, in Exodus chapter three, verse 11, but Moses said to God, who, who am I? In other words, I, I can't. Who, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? See, Moses, for the last 40 years, he hadn't been training, you know, to lead some special forces, you know, team or some. You know, he hasn't been working to, to lead this hostage rescue operation. No, he's been living as a shepherd for 40 years, taking care of sheep. He's not this powerful military leader. He's 80 years old. I want you to think about that. He's 80 years old where God steps up in the, or steps onto the scene and gives him an assignment. Maybe you're in here today and 
You're not in your 20s anymore. You're maybe getting up there in age and you think, I think God's probably done with me. I'm just gonna kind of live out my life. I'm just gonna kind of exist. That my best years are behind me. Well, can I tell you that God, and, and I know it sounds cliche, right? And we've all heard this and it's been tweeted, but honestly, if you're not dead, then God's not done. If, if you're not in the dirt, he's still got a plan for you. He's still got purpose for you. There's still things that God wants to call you to do. And the first thing that will get in the way of that is this, this, this identity issue where you think, you know what, I, I, I can't. I'm not, I'm just not enough. And I love what God says. In a moment where Moses feels inadequate, in the moment where it just feels like, you know what, I, I, I can't. In that moment, God looks at him and he says this. He says, I will be with you. I'll be with you. Moses is standing there saying, who am I? I can't, I can't do this. And, and God says, I'll be with you. In fact, this will be the sign that it is I that is with you and have sent you, that when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Next verse of scripture. Maybe, next verse, please. And Moses said to God, suppose I do go. All right, like, I'm tracking with you. Suppose I do take a step. Suppose I do, you know, try this. Suppose I do, I could just imagine like Samuel standing there like thinking, maybe I'll step over this little mushroom. Suppose I do. Will you hold my hand? Will you be with me? Will you catch me if I fall? And he's saying, I'll go with you. I'm not asking you to do something where I'm sending you by yourself. I'm gonna go with you. See, Moses, you've gotta solve two things. You've got to solve the who am I, but you also got to understand the who is he. And he says, suppose I do go and I say to the Israelites, the God of your father has sent me and they ask me, what is, what is his name? Then what shall I tell him? And God said to Moses, just say the I am, the I am who I am, that every, everything that you could, like that, I am that, that I've sent you. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. The I am has sent me to you. Next verse, please. Maybe not. The I am has sent me to you. Let me ask you this important question real quick. It's on the screen. What do you do in a moment where you're faced with like who you are? Here's what I think you do. You decide to keep your eyes firmly fixed on the great I am. See, in a moment where you're thinking, who, who am I? I'm not enough, I can't. See, in that moment, it's important to not fix your eyes on your own insecurities, to not fix your eyes on your own struggles, to not fix your eyes on your own strength, but it's in that moment that you have to fix your eyes on the great I am. You've got to fix your eyes on the one that holds all of this together. The best way to overcome the I can't identity that all of us can fall trapped to is just say, you know what? I'm going to decide to fix my eyes firmly on Jesus. I'm going to decide to fix my eyes firmly on the great I am. I love what Jeremiah 32, 17 says. Oh, sovereign Lord, you've made the heavens and the earth. You made the heavens and the earth. And guess what? By your great powers and outstretched arm, nothing 
Nothing's too hard for you. Man, some of you need to know today, whatever God has called you to do that you feel like you just can't and you're on your own, you need to know that yes, you are not enough on your own, but in Christ and through Christ, you are more than enough. That by his outstretched hand, nothing is too hard for him. And so if God has been calling you to step out, if God has been calling you to take a step of faith, here's what you need to know this morning, that he's going with you. I know our first response is to say, God, I'm not enough. God, I can't. You need to hear the whisper of God this morning says, no, I'm going with you. I am the I am. And nothing, nothing is too hard for me. And so you are not alone. And so this interchange happens. And so Moses has this first barrier of just identity and it doesn't stop there. The next barrier that he's faced with is the barrier of what if they... It's this barrier of fear. And not just any kind of fear, but really fear of man. Fear of what other people around them would think. See, we all can walk through fears, right? Fear says this, but what if? What if? What if I fail? What if I can't? What if this wasn't God? What if I don't step into this thing? And you know, what, what if I crash and burn around this, this idea of what you wanna call me to do? What if everybody makes fun of me? What if I, I humiliate myself? I can't help but to think about a conversation I had with somebody earlier this week that was starting a new business that felt like God was calling him to do that. You know, the enemy would love to tell him, you can't, you shouldn't. But he really felt like this was the next season that God was prompting him to. And if we're not careful, we'll let the what ifs cripple us. We'll let the what ifs hold us back. We'll let the what ifs just keep our feet like in cement, just standing there, never taking a step of faith for God. And so here Moses is, and he says this in Exodus 3, 12, Moses answered, but what if if I do and, and they don't believe me? What if I go to your people and I tell them, hey, God's, God's gonna free you. I go to the elders and I say, hey, this is what's gonna happen. What if they don't believe me? What if they don't, what if they don't listen to me, God? What am I supposed to do then? Am I supposed to say the, or if they say, did the Lord not appear to you? And then in verse number 13, it says this, and, and Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, but just send somebody else. Like, just send somebody else. Like, God, I, I don't know. I don't really want to fail here. And we've all been there where, where we, we feel like we need to step out in faith, but, but fear can grip us. The fears of the what if. What if I fail? What, what if I make a mistake? It's in those moments that we want to say, God, just send somebody else. I'm not your man. I don't think I'm supposed to do this. And it's this thing that if we're not careful, it's a self-imposed barrier that we'll put on our lives that'll just keep us standing still. Man, I can't tell you the battle that this was, you know, to... To, 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 to feel like that God was calling me to something big. I mean, I think about our lives when a couple years ago, God put in our heart, hey, you're gonna launch a church. I kind of felt like Moses. But what if it doesn't work? What if this wasn't you? 
God, I don't want to be embarrassed. Just maybe you have somebody else do it. You know, it would have been way easier for me to sit back and think, you know what, I, I'm not going to take that step of faith because there's, there's too many obstacles in front of me. There's too many ways that I could fail. There's too many, too many things that might come up that might cause me to, you know, look bad. And God, I don't want to go through that kind of embarrassment. And so just, just send somebody else. In fact, I, I used to talk about this. Jennifer and I talk about this. We were never going to plan a church. We were just believing that God would just give us a church. We could just take it over, you know, like you don't need a pastor. Here we are. Because I didn't want to fail. I was fearful. And somewhere along the way, I felt like God just started putting a backbone in me. And it was little by little. Honestly, what happened is every time I took a little step in faith and I saw God to be faithful, it kind of deposited something in me. It put a little courage in me for the next thing. And so maybe if you feel like God has put something really big in front of you, your first step might just be look at some little things and start trusting God in that. Say, well, God, maybe I'm not ready for that, but I'll take a step here. And you'll see God to be faithful. And then I'll take a step here and I'll take another step and another step. And somewhere along the way, maybe you get enough courage where you say, okay, God, I'm ready to take that big step now. And so I'm just praying that God would put some courage in you, that, that fear would be diminished, that fear would go and the Holy Spirit would come and there would be something in you that would rise up to say, I'm gonna take a step of faith and I just believe when I do, I'm gonna see God be faithful. I'm not gonna say, God, send somebody else, but I'm gonna say, God, here I am. God, send me. God, I'm your servant. God, I'm listening you got to be careful to, for those around you because if we're not careful, not everybody will have the same level of faith that you have and you'll let the people around you and you'll let the fear of disappointing them or, you know, feeling like you failed or whatever hold you back and you just have to decide, here's a decision that I had to make in my own heart and I think it's a decision that Moses had to make. He had to decide, I'm not going to let the fear of man rule me, but I'm going to be ruled by my faith in Jesus. I'm going to be ruled by the thing that he's put inside of me, the calling that he's put on me, the assignment that he's put on me to take the step of faith. And I'm not going to worry about other people, what they might say, how they might feel, how they may not understand it, how they may not get it. I'm going to say, here I am, God, send me. And I know that you're going with me. So what is it that God is calling you to do? You've got to understand that, you know what, you're really not enough. But if he comes, you're more than enough. You're more than enough. And then you've got to take off the thing that wants to impress other people and say, I'm not going to be fearful. Because Proverbs 29, 25 says this, that the fear of man will prove to be a snare. It'll be a snare. It'll, it'll catch you. What does a snare do? It wants to trap you. Fear of man will trap you. But whoever trusts in the Lord will be kept safe. It's as if God is saying, if you take a step of faith, don't worry. I'm not going to let you fall. I'm not going to drop you. I've got you in my arms. You can take the step of faith and you can know that if you trust me in this, you will be kept safe. And so I want to encourage you today. If God has called you to step into something, you will be kept safe that God has got you. And the last one is this, the I have never. I have never. It's insecurity. 
there's the, there's the identity issue, the fear issue. And then in all of us, it's the insecurity issue. In Exodus chapter four, Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, but I've never been eloquent. I mean, it's like the excuses just go on and on and on. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow in speech and in tongue. And the Lord said to him, two rhetorical questions. Uh, Who gave human beings their mouth? Uh, Who makes them deaf or mute? Um, Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Is it not I? Moses, I know you think you're not enough. I know that you think that, that you can't speak. Or, but, but Moses, just stop with the excuses. If I've called you to it, I've got you. See, it's I that formed you in your mother's womb. It's I that knew every assignment that I'd have for your life. And so I formed you, I molded you, I fashioned you in a way that you could step into that assignment and you would have everything you need. Moses, one of the greatest things that you can do, Moses, is is trust me. Trust me that I will go with you. I will help you. I'll help you. I'll help you speak and I'll teach you. I'll show you what to say. If you're in here today and maybe you're struggling with insecurity, I wanna encourage you to decide to remind yourself that that his grace, it's sufficient in your weakness. It really is. Second Corinthians says this. It says in Second Corinthians, but he said to me, my, my grace is sufficient for you. My power made perfect in weakness. Therefore, therefore, Paul says, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weakness. I'll boast in it so that Christ's power may rest on me. And so I feel like the whole theme for today is this, that you're not enough unless he comes. But if he comes, look out. God's got big plans for you. He really does have promises and plans and assignments for you to step into. And as you step into them, I understand that it can be scary. I understand that fear could want to grip you. And I understand that you may get to a place where you feel insecure and that you're not enough. And I've really felt in my heart this week with this message, it's been one of the hardest for me to communicate because I really felt that maybe God wanted to speak this to someone. Someone that's in here that you really feel God has been calling you to something. You really know that you know that you know there's an assignment that God has for you and fear has kept you from stepping into that. And I just wanted to encourage you today. I want to encourage you from someone that's taken many steps of faith and seen God to be faithful 
and knows that the steps of faith that I've taken is not the last that he'll call me to take. That he'll be with you. That in your weakness, Christ is strong. Go. Take the step of faith. Don't worry about people. Don't worry about the things that you think you're not good at. But if God is calling you, go, go. He'll be with you. He'll give you what you need. He'll give you what you need. And so we know the end of the story. We know Moses stands up with boldness and it's like, let my people go. And ultimately we see God deliver the people of Israel and Moses played such a huge part in that. And so if you don't know the backstory, it's easy to look at Moses and think, man, what a, what a pro, what a, man of, what a man of faith. He's probably never been worried a day in his life. Now, at 80 years old, he stood in front of a burning bush and said, I can't, I can't. But he chose in that moment to not let these self-imposed barriers get the best of them and to trust God. So he took the step of faith and he saw God to be faithful. And Hebrews 3, 5 would label Moses as this. Faithful. Faithful. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.